Super Mario Brothers, colon, The Great Mission to Rescue Princess Peach, released July 20th, 1986. Uh, Yet the latest movie for our podcast where I'm going to say, hey, this was the first video game movie ever made. I'm pretty sure I've revised that like three or four times by now. Quite a few firsts. I'm Delavento. I'm Nick Nundall. And this is Attract Mode. Nick, finally, finally, we saw the first ever finally. video game movie. Un- until the next time we say that. <laughs> until there can't possibly be one older than this, right? Oh, I right? guarantee there's got to be something. God. There's got to be something that's going to constitute just to prove you wrong for saying that. Space War, the movie, <laughs> coincided release with the original creation of the video game. Uh, Super Mario Brothers, perhaps you've heard of them. The two, the two no, Mario I, brothers. Never. What are you? What are they? Oh, okay. So they're like. I didn't watch this movie either. Is that a problem for this podcast? Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so there's Mario, right? Uh, well, it, it, Mario, Mario, right? And then there's Luigi, yeah. Mario. They're the Mario brothers. How many Marios are there between them? Uh, there's there's no, three Mario. <laughs> right, let's go on. So this is the <laughs> animated movie that came out in 1986 in Japan. That then, I guess, kind of disappeared, showed up on, it it went to VHS, Yes, but somebody recently uncovered a film reel of it and digitized that in beautiful HD for us to watch today, and so it got added to our list. It is in Japanese only with English subtitles, but they did a pretty good job on the subtitles for this, even going so far as to add notes in the subtitles when something translates differently, like a character name um so at one point lakitu shows up and they call him something else i can't remember but it's what that character's name in is is in the japanese version is different i thought that was is it, like is that how you pronounce that character's name lakitu i say lakitu you're like lakitu 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 the door it's La- lakitu lakitu i don't know man you know, I, I read these names when I was nine years old, sure, and they sure. were floating on in the credits. <laughs> yeah, I, I used so. to call I used to call paladins paladins when I played WoW. So, oh yeah, yeah, I, we've all we've all been there. Joe's dad, my brother Joe, who used to be a host of this podcast as well, uh, all the way through our time playing Diablo Diablo two, would say, "I'm going to play the paladine. I'm going to play the paladine." And we would correct him because we were children who were precocious enough to be annoyed by this. And but he would never fix it. He would always be the paladine for all eternity. Uh, I don't understand. I, I will never understand. What a fine paladine we found ourselves <laughs> yeah. in. So what would you think of this movie, Nick? You know, it, it took me back to you brought him up during actually while we were watching it. And I thought it was funny. It did bring you back to like the old cartoons. Um, mm-hmm. that i grew up on in the 90s the super show yeah and uh i had a little bit of fondness for it in that sense 
it doesn't make any sense <laughs> as a like logical narrative. Yeah. It's very much like a random thing happens that is vaguely based on the game and then uh you know Mario advances with a plot MacGuffin and we move on yeah. to the next scene until we're at the end. Um that said, uh, the music was fantastic. Uh music was very like nostalgia driving and the sound effects you brought up um how they like integrated them with actions that don't have anything to do with those sound effects but did it well enough that mm-hmm. that that was fun they use the underwater music from mario one a lot as like a kind of soothing a melody oh uh you don't well, think that well, was no it was it was the 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 underground music they would You're, use i'm for sorry tension. yes yeah, the yeah, underwater yeah, yeah. music they would use as like a more soothing melody when there was like a travel scene or like yes yeah. you know anim, anime likes to uh focus on scenery you know sense of place a lot so there's a lot of like just kind of establishing shots mario and luigi mm-hmm. kind of just staring off into a into an environment and they would use it a lot in those and i thought that was nice it's it was but obviously like you, you as a child as someone has played video games you have like a very staunch attachment to that music to like we have to be underwater for this why aren't we underwater but still it it thematically from the tone of the music it fit they, well I, I think they did a good job with that stuff and then the flip side of this is the soundtrack where they weren't using the, the nostalgic <laughs> uh-huh. video game music where it was this almost what I, I don't know if this is the right term for it but what i would describe as like traditional love song japanese music um where it's like long like uh I, it's just it was the wrong era for me i guess like well yeah it, it's, the, it's like the kind of music that you'd see like during an end credit sequence during like a more kind of thoughtful anime um yeah. this is, i'm also out of my wheelhouse because i don't watch a lot of anime but i mm. like i understand the vibes but like something like uh I don't know, maybe Sailor Moon or something would have like just kind of like, yeah, like you're saying, like love ballad almost kind of music. Um, like a theater singer or a lounge singer type. Yeah. Like very drawn out. Uh, and, and, and and they like there is at one point talk of God and Adam and Eve <laughs> in one of yes. these love songs. And yes. like uh, very antithetical to the magical adventure that I thought we were on. But, but they wanted to hint at this like mario is in love with peach not hint that that hint is the wrong word <laughs> yeah they it's... wanted to lay on thick that mario has fallen in love with peach but also they sometimes use like j-pop of like that mm-hmm. era mm-hmm. just like do 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 what at that pop 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 like just very excited well, that was like the very like... first like song in the movie yeah yeah that they, they, like opens with this like uh bishy bashy bishy bashy uh, which like apparently translates to like uh throw your desk on the floor or something like that it's time to go rock and roll yeah <laughs> but, uh but they it, use it was, that a lot was, whenever they're like moving yes yeah like transitioning from or doing a, like a small mo- travel montage it, it, it was fun even with that like you know it, or that was a different kind of fun just not the kind of fun i want in a mario movie necessarily but uh mm. well because it's interesting right because i feel like a lot of nintendo games have this almost universal quality to them there a lot of nintendo games don't feel japanese yeah right for they sure. feel just like oh this is a game that anyone can enjoy and like mario right. in particular is like okay he's like an italian plumber and he goes to like a magical oh i thought he ran a grocery store that's what this <laughs> well yes yes apparently <laughs> in and in, in another part of the multiverse he yeah. is is a grocer but uh 
it, it, there's nothing in there that you could like point out outside the fact that it's like kind of like a wacky jumble of different subject matter to be like oh this feels japanese whereas Th- you have there like, are things like if you trace the roots of where all these things come from like everything having eyes in mario is a very like animist uh religious thing and like yeah or like the koopas are from like yes kappas folklore yeah Yeah. exactly so there's all these like cool ways that those things are present in mario but looking at it as an outsider without foreknowledge of those things you aren't you aren't like oh that feels like a cultural thing it feels like it's this wonderful new thing um it stands alone and has that you know as well which i think is really cool yeah, it's not like a JRPG where it just yeah. feels like very culturally attached to Japan. Yeah. Um, but this <laughs> this movie was not that. This movie definitely feels like it is yes. something you watch in Japan and you know, like it, it was clearly never meant, I think, for for us, or it would have been translated very differently if it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So I know I've made this promise over and over again. I feel like we've only been hitting it uh, some of the time, if at all. But I really don't think we need to go like point for point yeah. plot here. Yeah. Like I think we could say up front what this is about, which yeah. if you're familiar with literally any Mario property, <laughs> you can pretty much ascertain the basic plot construction of this. Uh, which is Bowser kidnaps Peach. Mario has to go rescue Peach. Like it's the same thing. It's been over and over again. Um, they do send ups of it sometimes. Bowser is an anti-hero more than a villain, or he's just yeah. misunderstood, which is kind of like a thing they play into here. Um, they also do what they normally do in non-video game Mario media, which is Mario is from another world, either Mm -hmm. our world or an alternate world or something like that. But like the Mushroom Kingdom is not his home world. He has to be transported there, which is what they do in the Super Show, whether, you know, going down a (laughs) tub drain or in the live action movie where they have to jump through some magical rocks uh, in a dig site. Or in here, they just randomly find a pipe in the desert and... That's connected to nothing it. at all. <laughs> yes. But but exactly. transports them anyway. Um, and uh, I, I, I kind of want to talk about that for a sec because there's no way that's not going to be the case in the new animated Mario movie, right? That he comes from our world and becomes... Yeah. Yeah, almost certainly. I mean, it, it is a fully CG animated movie, right? What we're there, yes. There's not going to yes. be any live action element. No, it's going to cut it like in the middle. It's going to be like Chris Pratt, but like in a Mario <laughs> I mean, outfit and like overalls. I mean, would you be that surprised if that happened? I mean, nothing surprises me nowadays. Exactly. Honestly. Exactly. Uh, so that's kind of how I feel about your question, too, is like probably yes, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did start in the Mushroom Kingdom and just forewent any setup i think of any franchise you could do that with mario is definitely one that you could right you don't need to connect him to the real world and you don't need to establish a backstory for mario they will i think the accident i think the mistake they'll make is that they will they will give him some 
like orphan backstory and some well that's uh, canon that's in the games all right the stork <laughs> drops mario and luigi off yeah with baby yoshi yeah well it's just full grown uh, yoshi just, please, yeah, please yoshi. yeah please uh but I, I do think, yeah, there will be there will be some unnecessary backstory and some magic MacGuffin that Mario starts with as a child that is like when he is laid on the doorstep of whatever, it's going to be on his neck, mm-hmm. uh, magic amulet, What's whatever. What's it going to be? Is it going to be like in the shape of a super mushroom? Yeah, super or power star. star. Yeah, which yeah. is what they went with in this movie. There are three MacGuffins in this movie, uh, Fire Flower, Power Star, and, and Mega, or not Mega Mushroom, just... The, what is it, just the mushroom? Power mushroom? Super mushroom? Uh, yeah, usually it's called super mushroom. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I could see it going either way, though. I, I would yeah. prefer they didn't do it in some ways, but... I mean, you kind of... Like, you need to characterize Mario somehow. Like, I understand... Like, I mean, he's you a characterize a character from another world. You don't have to determine that he's from our earth he could sure. still be a protagonist who just wakes up in the mushroom kingdom every day yeah yeah no i get i get that um but i think it's it's kind of funny to have that because i think even a light like they don't have to they don't have to press on that fish out of water thing too much which they don't mm-hmm. really do it here like they yeah. end up in the mushroom kingdom and they don't really question much despite yeah. the fact that there are like giant to, flying turtles and yeah to the point where you were annoyed because he knew to call a cheap cheap a cheap cheap and you're like yeah. wait a minute <laughs> yeah How hold on no i'll call it foul on this yeah he integrated um, with this place really quick i'm still convinced the premise of this movie isn't that he's imagining the entire thing and this mario is like deeply yes. disturbed mentally he's in a yeah he's in a psych ward somewhere yeah he's, someone's injecting a tranquilizer in him as he's hallucinating these things uh let's talk about the dog okay so let's i do think we need to do some minor setup here which is mario begins the movie by playing a video game that very much looks like a side scroller that mario might be in except it's maybe an homage to ness from earthbound where he's got Mm -hmm. like a backwards red cap and a baseball bat um but he's running around jumping inside this video game and then all of a sudden the video game uh comes to life and peach runs out of it being chased by monsters and then gets kidnapped by bowser and begs for mario to help her leaving behind a, a magical amulet that as just after bowser drags her back into the tv so we have this sense that there's a magical world inside video games that peach and these monsters come from mario is from the real world he works in a grocery store with his brother uh, uh-huh. and no plumbing is mentioned at all. No. Um, and at their grocery store in walks a, a wiggler is what you called it at first because absolutely what it looks like. Big red nose, blue body in this case. Yeah. Still segmented round middle um, uh, around th- three round segments like for the, the, the front back and middle. Right. Um, but is apparently a dog uh i uh, what do we do another name kibi kibi dango apparently according to this wiki that i looked over at (laughs) oh interesting uh Uh, i'm not going to call him that yeah he's okay he's going to be the dog uh, the wiggler dog or what i was calling during the watch yes the diggler yeah the diggler or the dogler yeah uh (laughs) totally invented character for this not a bad design. I like the Wiggler designs. I like a Wiggler dog concept. I think they could yeah. have used it 
in other things after, but he definitely disappears here uh, after this film. Right. Um, Which they do, you do see them do that. Like they return to like the Yoshi design motif a lot with like Plessy and other, mm-hmm. other like kind of dinosaur like creatures look like Yoshi. Yeah. Maybe the next game to come out, we'll have a Kibidango. We have, we have Doggler. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and Wiggler wasn't really a thing yet because this is, 86 yeah and i think Wiggler was introduced till world mario world mm-hmm. right um so yeah dogler comes in tackles mario steals the amulet from him runs off into the desert because apparently they live in a desert which is probably why they are not plumbers not much yeah. plumbing in the desert um they chase after him and they find like a giant pile of pipes like construction drain pipes. Yeah, yeah yeah that aren't green they're, they're silver and or, or concrete I, I assume they were concrete yeah, yeah, yeah. but you might be sure right. yeah but they have the little lip like a like a pvc well not pvc but like a, like a steel pipe would have sure um and they uh all jump into it chasing after dogler and they are transported to a to a magical place and that magical place is a underground cave where this creepy possibly naked old man lives <laughs> yeah definitely naked i thought about that more because i looked at him and i said do you think he's naked he is wearing he he is covered in hair uh coming from his beard and going all the way down his body but when he lifts his arms that hair goes with his arms it's not like it's it's not like draped down from his face over his arms it is growing out of his arms which mm. implies to me that 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 hair is growing out from everywhere on his body and even if he was wearing a shirt that would the hair would have to grow through the shirt right to be on the outside of it so he's just he's just naked he is a naked insane old man living in a <laughs> hole in the ground uh-huh. and tells mario that he needs to go save the princess yeah okay naked gandalf i guess <laughs> yeah. i'll listen to your instructions he has like an old staff and yeah, he tells them that they need to find the three MacGuffins uh, and sends them on their way. And then he just kind of like dissipates. Yes. And leaves behind like a pile of rotten mushrooms. Yes. And then we're like, oh, is that like, is that like foretelling? Like That's the, ominous. Yeah. The turn, the evil turn of this man, corrupting influence on the mushroom kingdom. So we spent the entire movie looking for clues that he is going to reveal to be secret Bowser or a magic Koopa or something. some something wicked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll keep talking about the movie <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah. never mention that again <laughs> because it doesn't become anything. Um, so, yeah. So we talked about Dogler. We talked about the three MacGuffins. So, like you said, the three MacGuffins are yeah. a superstar, super mushroom, fire flower. Um, we talked about... Uh, the musical interludes, both the J-pop and the yes. kind of love ballads. What else is there? There are the there are the Goombas, the pair of dastardly yeah, Goombas. Yeah, I think we can kind of lump all three of the little mini adventures into one thing. So basically, after they leave the old man, they they have to find each of these MacGuffins, and they know like a general heading at least on going towards the first one. But it seems like they're pretty clueless about where like there's not like a treasure map there's not like a yeah. seek the old rock that looks like a face no, right none of there's, that there's you know no, there's no uh map passed down by magellan's crew yeah. or uh you know sith waypoints none of that shit right 
Yeah, no Death Star to line up a knife to. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So what ends up following is each of these three segments of the movie play out like a little mini adventure where they they encounter some version of a video game monster. Um, We end up with Paratroopa. Goombas, like you mentioned, are in there. Um, Piranha Plants and Cheap Cheeps and a a big blooper. um, blooper, Yeah. And and in each of these things, they like narrowly escape with their lives, but somehow by the end of it, end up seeing the MacGuffin and they're like, oh, there it is. Let's get it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not like at the end of a like difficult traversal that they know they have to cross. It is like just happens to show up while they. Yeah like kind of pratfall into these uh encounters so instead of goombas being these endless mindless uh enemies that you step on like left and right there are only two of them and they're like devious clever imp-like characters who continually lead mario and luigi into traps throughout the movie each of those traps ultimately being like where they find the MacGuffin. So if they didn't want them to find them, maybe they should have led them anywhere else in the world. Right? Like it seems so counterintuitive and fed into our theory that the old man was going to be a, a villain because maybe he set these Goombas up to, you know, lead them Mm -hmm. to the spots where they'd actually find it, like pass all the challenges that aren't under Bowser's control or something. Um, But, but no, they definitely aren't that. Uh, So, he like gets them high on magic mushroom that they the two goombas get them high on magic mushrooms uh-huh. um and then a paratroopa comes and picks them up and takes them off to its babies mario convinces the parrot the paratroopa by the way colossal yeah colossal giant. in size just giant so big paratroopa um takes them up to its nest drops them in for the babies mario convinces the paratroopa that the babies are or that, that he's one of the babies yeah uh which sort of solves that problem and then he looks up and oh, there's the magic mushroom that I need. The power that mushroom. Is encased in ice yeah. in this giant <laughs> or tree. Yeah. yeah. And then when he plucks it out of like the stump that oh, it's no. in, yeah. it so like weird. just starts spraying out gold coins out of the out of the, the hole like a geyser. It's, it's like they weird, had a checklist man. of like must have gold coins, must have Goombas, must have paratroopas. But mm-hmm. no context on how to use them, so they just throw them all in. Yeah, we should also talk about want. how Luigi has like gold lust. Yes, that is his characterization. Because at this point, and and for a good while, like until the movie comes out in a you know what six years after this, uh, uh, five ninety one five, five yeah. Uh, until then, there is no Luigi characterization, right? Like he doesn't sure. exist as a character. He is palette swap Mario. <laughs> So in I'm, this, I'm a sorry, Green Mario. <laughs> in this, they gave him the character of being a just entirely greedy, like he's being concerned Wario. with money. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Uh, all he wants is money, um, and so he only agrees to go on this mission to save the princess because he thinks they'll get paid. And is told, no, you, you know, we're not paying you, but any gold coins you find along the way are yours to keep. Just you dig them up, you can have them. So he like brings a shovel along and is just digging everywhere they go. That is his whole concept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in a and nutshell. he's like, we got these gold coins. You found these gold coins that came sputtering out of this tree for some reason. I guess that's how nature works. <laughs> right, right. And then the gold coins 
transform into toads. Yes. What? And, <laughs> and all the toads are coded female? Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason. And they're all um, like kind of Mario and Luigi sized until one <laughs> uh-huh. of them, for no discernible reason, turns out to be 10 feet tall. Yes. Um, and she's mm-hmm. the one who gets Big the speaking toadette. part. Yeah. Death by Snoo Snoo. Uh, it's... <laughs> uh she she is uh the one who tells mario that like you know here's the like it's such a like you don't need to connect dots or or have this at all because she's like now that you've saved us you can have the power mushroom you know the power mushroom that you just found that that unlocked us from being coins i guess what's really confusing is that like they had it and i think it might have like the 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 ice or crystal or whatever whatever. it was embedded in like shatters yeah but then after the toad talks to them she then produces it from her pocket and gives it to him and i'm like wait a second wait wait continuity error here yeah (laughs) didn't he just have the mushroom it's very confusing um but they get that and then there's a montage of traveling to the next adventure where he does use the power mushroom and grows like a hundred feet tall and i can't remember what he does when he does that but he like punches something out of the sky or whatever and uh and they move on to the piranha plants the goombas come and say like oh there's a flower field you should check out yeah um and they think oh maybe the magic flower is there and it is so that's good that tracks i guess is the one of them that does kind of track um but it's it's currently overrun by piranha plants everywhere Mm mm-hmm which turns into the most insane uh like ecological disaster because they show up the piranha plants try to eat them they run out of the way of getting bitten because the piranha plants are you know sort of tethered to the ground and then the piranha plants all all die (laughs) yes there's just a shot from the distance and it like crumbles into dust the entire i don't know garden or whatever um but then that feeds into Lacky Lacky Lakitu, Lakitu. What did I you say? Lakitu. I Lakitu. say Lakitu. Uh Lakitu showing up and uh throwing some spinies. This was moderately clever, I guess. I, I know I'm going in like every detail that I don't need to yeah, go into. Yeah, I was about to here. say we're we're you already breaking not, our yeah. promise at the beginning of this episode to I, not I wanted to talk about the things I found interesting, and I at least found this interesting. It's apparently the entire movie. Yeah, yeah uh the he throws the spinies down as like their ball form like they always are you know when when he's throwing them in the game uh but then he decides he has to water them and provide sunlight and electricity so he's like controlling the weather from his cloud with levers and zapping them and everything and uh it's an interesting like the life cycle of a spiny is sort of given lore in this movie for some reason Mm -hmm. um Mario defeats it by switching the weather to winter, freezing them. Right. And then you well, he has think... to get up in the cloud first because like yes. a random. Well, I was trying not to ground. say everything, Dylan. <laughs> it's 
So well, I think our listeners can jump from there is a weather control cloud to Mario then controls the weather and he doesn't just like Professor X ch- touch the temple and this, <laughs> change the weather. Is, this is the, the end. This is the slow yeah. degradation of our relationship, <laughs> of our friendship and, and this podcast. If, if we survive no, this no, many. If you're going to go this deep, you got to go whole hog. You got to explain. <laughs> So Mario freezes them and then they fall asleep in the snow, Mario and Luigi and the dog. The snow melts away and there's a magic field uh, of flowers underneath and a, I think the field itself or maybe the flower uh, talks to them and is like, thank you. You've broken the curse on me. Here, uh, another have... toad shows up. That's just Does like it? a, cl- I couldn't yeah, like a okay. cloud like descends from the heavens and then just goes okay. Okay. and it's a toad. And the toad's like, here's the flower, kid. I couldn't remember who was talking there. Okay, cool. Yeah, so he gets the flower. Last one. I'll, this one is the least interesting, I think. They find a cave with gold in it. They get trapped in there by the Goombas. They put a hammer bro on guard. They end up breaking out. They fight the hammer bro, drop him off of a bridge. All the gold turns to rocks, so Luigi is dis- disappointed. But the gold star is there in the rocks, and uh, it falls into the water. Uh, dive into the water, uh, get some underwater music, get some cheap cheeps, run away from them, find a pirate ship. This is interesting, worth talking about. Pirate ship, which then they raise out of the water somehow, and it becomes an airship, but there had been no, as Dylan points out during watching this, uh, been no airship in the games up until this point, I don't think. Yeah. When does Mario 3 come out? Uh, I want to say 90 or 91. Yeah, so we're years away from that, but we get an airship, um, and uh, and they, they've recovered the star as well. So Here's my theory on this. Here's my theory on this. Like, obviously, when you when you make a game or whatever, any sort of creative work, you're going to have, like, tons of ideas that aren't going to make it. They're going to be left on the cutting room floor, right? Mm-hmm. I'm convinced that, obviously, Miyamoto probably had tons of ideas for the yeah. Mario games, and obviously, a lot of them couldn't be fit in either due to technical like restrictions or time constraints or things like that. And so he probably just had like notebooks and stuff of like, Oh, it'd be really cool if they were flying ships. Oh, it'd be really cool if there was this enemy or that enemy. It'd be really cool if there was like a weird caterpillar that was yellow and had a flower on its head. I would also assume Mario three is in development at this time, probably in 86. Um, I don't know. I don't know how long those things take. (laughs) Not that long. I mean, especially back then, like turnaround was probably shorter. Um, but it could have been in like planning stages where well, he's like scribbling in a notebook first, right? So they had right. to like take Doki Doki Panic. Well, first they had to make Japanese Mario two, and then there was Doki Doki Panic. But um, so I'm convinced that the animators or whatever production studio that was working on this had was like, "Hey, some, yeah, yeah, do you have like you know notes or anything? Do you have ideas that like you didn't see in the?" in the games that you'd like to see in the show or something. And I would imagine uh, they, they, they shared that, that information, which is cool. And there's another yeah. one later uh, that I want to call out that I think is really cool. That's like, like, cause like it goes even into almost Mario I mean, 64 just, territory. Yeah. Just call it out now. Cause we're, yeah. that's, that's the end of the mini adventures. He's got all the MacGuffins. We're heading towards the finale. Yeah, but I mean, the part where he gets into the fight with Bowser, he literally grabs Bowser by the tail and swings yeah. him around like in Mario 64, and this is 
over a decade until mario 64 comes out so but mario's fighting with the same technique that he is and maybe that's just like you know obviously if you're gonna fight bowser there's like only a limited number of ways you're gonna you're gonna think of doing that so like it is still interesting though that it would be yeah it's interesting coincidence um so here's an interesting thing luigi is also wearing like yellow under his jumpsuit in this do you think wario evolves out of this as an idea separately like somebody was like well we were doing this thing with luigi we don't want to do this thing with luigi anymore but what if we translate some of those ideas we had to wario yeah i think there's some of that i think also in uh mario brothers the arcade game i think luigi's palette was blue and yellow oh okay all right um so i think there's a little bit let me look at the the art for that but yeah luigi used to not be green luigi used to be uh a different color um so yeah i think they just hadn't really settled on what that design was going to be locked into right yeah 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 here here in the the like cabinet art he has a a blue Mm, uh hat yeah yeah they change around a lot like I don't know which one's Luigi, which one's Mario on the side art of the cabinet, but it's like one has blue and red and the other one has like orangish and green. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I think they just kind of like mess with their colors a lot. Well, I know like the original Mario was like brown and red, but we always think of him as blue and red because since then he has like right, his, right. his overalls were red, but his shirt was brown or whatever. Whereas yeah. the other way around, I can't remember. It's something like that. And then also yeah. like in Donkey Kong he was blue yeah. and red yeah um but it was yeah it was red overalls and blue undershirt instead of blue overalls and red undershirt yeah yeah so yeah i, I just wonder if any of these ideas do like have a trail like you know like the being thrown by the tail thing um but basically they fly the airship to bowser's castle uh there is one joke that made both of us like <laughs> surprised um while they're approaching the castle, there is a a rising full moon behind the or sorry rising crescent moon behind the castle, and Mario's like, I thought the wedding was supposed to be on the day of the full moon, and the cast the the moon, <laughs> like opens up a pair of giant eyeballs like it's surprised, and then just pops into a full moon <laughs> shape. Yeah, but as like as he was saying that thing, as as Mario says, I thought it was supposed to be a full moon you totally call it you're like it just pops into a full moon now and then his eyes open up and he does it and it was so like whoa like perfectly perfectly timed like the spacing between mario's comment your comment and the actual change was it was magnificent well well, the well the 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 movie was working on such looney tunes logic that's like that's the only like they just need to like they're not going to have some other way to resolve this conflict except for like it's just for a gag uh and it's i i kind of want to because because that's one of the things the the wizard or the old man naked gandalf says at the beginning is like print uh princess peach is going to be married off to bowser at the on friday the 13th like they make a big deal that it's yeah. friday the 13th um on the full moon the night of the full moon and he says there's a prophecy that she will be rescued by two men with bulbous noses yes, yes and curly mustaches and he just like keeps enumerating the d- the physical descriptions of the heroes it's like almost as just, if he's making them up as he's looking at them <laughs> which i think is the joke right. but but also like the ugliest motherfuckers like he's yeah. not being complimentary at all and right. i got a real real kick out of that 
So let's talk about uh, Bowser and how he's portrayed in this. Because yeah. the first time we see him, he is very like, I'm a monster. I'm taking you, yeah. Princess Peach, uh, blah, uh, blah, blah. Uh, uh. But the very next time we see him, Peach is longing for Mario. She's convinced Mario's going to come and save her because she came out of the video game and met him. Yeah. Like her, her her thought process on that is yeah, wild. Perfect logic. Like I I know that gamer will come and get me, uh, <laughs> but um, she's <laughs> this there. This hideous, hideous gamer with the bulbous <laughs> yeah. nose. She's there waiting for that, looking out the window of the castle, and Bowser is like behind her, twiddling his fingers together, being like super bashful and being like. Why do you think Mario is so good and not me? I'm the one who's here and who yeah. has you and should love you. <laughs> and like this is the correct depiction of Bowser. Like yes, in, he in is infatuated realm. and in love with her. Yes, um, or just or incompetent or like yeah. very dim witted. Well, or I, like, I love that he's in love with her but doesn't understand anything about consent or like appropriate behavior and everything. So he's like, I thought I did everything right, and he's just so far off the mark but he's yeah. like sad about it like is so good i think yeah and if if they don't use a similar depiction in the <laughs> throw it movie, away <laughs> well they, they did they fucked up like bowser is way less interesting when he is just an evil villain yes, like absolutely. i mean you don't cast jack black as bowser and don't do like some kind of like wishy-washy or i you know i'm misunderstood i'm kind of misanthropic like you know they in in paper mario what's great about the depiction of him in paper mario is like those games rarely end with mario and bowser fighting like it is usually mm-hmm. like some other enemy enemy comes in and disrupts their like traditional cycle of kidnapping the princess rescuing the princess and they Which all goes back to... to the best rpg for mario oh, okay. mario here we rpg go. Here, we, here we fucking go here i fucking need you go to again. understand how good this game is dylan i, I don't, I don't know think how it's you a bad don't... game i've never played it i have no opinions it's oh, just one of those Bowser's things portrayal in that is one of my favorite things because sure. he's he gets displaced, dis- displaced uh, from his kingdom by the uh, the smithy, uh, which by, is like by Gino with his little fucking no, 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 guns. not not by Gino, by Gino's enemies. These like weapons from space that come down to to the mushroom kingdom and stab through his castle. Yeah, um, and that's it, way more interesting than yeah. just uh, just being like, all right, well, Bowser's the the bad guy that we have to 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 finish off and they do do that in this but they still do much more interesting characterization with him where he's like you know actually in love with peach and not just like yeah kidnapping her just to kidnapping her uh one of the first scenes when you find bowser is he's like commanding his his army but his army is like diminishing down to almost nothing and he just like turns away from them and he's got like tears coming down his face and he won't he won't show mario though like when he cries he always turns away from mario to cry great Uh, i love it it's so good um yes uh so uh this bowser total idiot like you said like he, he has no understanding of how things should be uh, well, he has his understanding of how things should be, but it's sure. completely off the mark. Um, but is so much more interesting as a result. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinks that he can he can make Peach happy. Like if he just sticks around long enough, if he does the right thing, then this will all turn around. And uh, I guess they wanted Peach to just be like messing with him a little bit, so they had her making up words for things she needs him to turn into. 
Yeah. And they mean that very literally because this Bowser is a shapeshifter. <laughs> um, well, he does have transformation magic, right? Because in yeah. the manual of the first game, he turns the toads into the blocks. So every time right. you bust a block, you kill a toad, you <laughs> yeah. fucking monster. Yeah. Uh, so he, she makes up words and he tries to transform into what he thinks those words are, which I wouldn't have understood, but the subtitle thing on YouTube tells you that's what's happening, which is fun. Uh, and uh, she ends up con- having him turn into like a tiny little teddy bear so that she could shove him in a box. And I thought what was so fun about this is he doesn't just like grow big and bust out of the box. He turns the box into him. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so cool. Like the box just becomes his face for a frame and then opens up and like, you know, he stretches out of it. I was like, whoa, what the fuck? The really weird mind trip in the middle of this. Like it's so brief and, and unimportant, but it reminded me in a way of, have you ever seen on YouTube, batman piderman i'm familiar yes okay yeah they just have this like sort of fluidness to like physics don't apply to them so you know if they want to turn around they can just kind of phase through their own body to turn around and that kind of thing and it was that kind of like i'm in the box no i am the box <laughs> you know like <laughs> it was so good yeah um, i wish they had done more with that because it's such a weird idea so uh they get peach a wedding dress um they prepare for the wedding ceremony what i really like about this because like they are bowser's castle is like on top of an island it's like completely built over this entire island in the middle of the sea and he what i like about the the koopa kingdom that they they never really do justice with in the games and i Mm -hmm. wish they showed more of and again i hope it's something they do with the with the movie um is like they they only briefly like kind of visually address the idea of like what culture would be within yeah. the koopa kingdom but like it they is have neat this, that they do yeah they have like this giant brazier that like all these koopas are like marching around and carrying like offerings of food and whatnot for for uh bowser there is like a a person There's... they they call father i guess catholicism exists in the koopa yeah. kingdom because uh, yeah. there's like this old wizen koopa that has a like a long gray beard and a but long they're also like robe. singing and it's like this guttural like tribal singing type thing going on it's pretty cool yeah, yeah 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 um and all the koopas look a little visually distinct it's like they you know they're like squat and wide ones and tall and skinny ones like i i, I like that like it's going to be kind of a bummer if each koopa in the mario movie is just looks like every other koopa almost certainly and, will be the case yeah yeah because i know this, they try to yeah. enforce that branding stuff yeah they all had mario. character in this which was cool there was like some with big eyebrows and some with like pencil thin or no eyebrows yeah yeah a little um, variety adds a lot so Bowser, uh, they bring Peach out and um, Bowser, you know, says his vows to Peach and he's like, will you accept me? And she stays quiet for a second. She's like, oh, my God, I I'm so happy right now. And he's like, great, you're happy. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. It's like, I can't believe this, this is the most excited I've been. And he's like, awesome, awesome. He's like, I'm happy, too. And he's like. She goes, yeah, I'm so excited that Mario is here to rescue me. And he's like, yeah, I'm excited. Wait, Mario? Yeah. And then Mario poor, and poor Luigi. Bowser. <laughs> in, ah, fuck him. Yeah, he can. He, <laughs> yeah, he can. absolutely. He's a monster still. But yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, so so Mario, Luigi, and Doggle 
fly in on their on their flying ship and mm-hmm. yeah kind of the, the final sequence of the of the movie ensues of any movie yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah mario uses the the power items which he needs to be told to do which is hilarious the dog i think is who tells him in fact um and then uh there is like a brief moment where he can't access one of them and you think oh no somebody else is gonna have to but luigi's doing his digging thing mm-hmm. um, luigi has also broken down the entire building of the castle by flooding the central fire pit chamber that mario was trapped in with water because he broke through the wrong wall and flooded the whole place um and then that causes the entire castle to collapse into rubble uh but he he digs up out of the ground and has the star and gives it to mario at just the last second to do exactly what happens in sonic 2 <laughs> giant bowser is about to step on them both he gets the star just in time the foot goes down mario comes up holding the foot uh i only wish he was glowing with golden light and like mm-hmm. fully super saiyan mode blonde yeah absolutely um but anyhow he he then beats the shit out of bowser <laughs> throws him off into yeah the oblivion we get a shot of bowser like with a parachute or with a balloon or something flying away and uh then the entire world magically changes the like rubble that they're on turns into a beautiful countryside with flowers and uh the castle turns into the princess peach's castle like yeah picturesque fantasy fairy castle uh and <laughs> peach kisses mario uh and tells him there is another prophecy and in that prophecy it would be someone with an identical necklace to hers will show up and that will be like the man she loves or whatever and <laughs> mario's like i'm gonna find you that necklace i'm definitely gonna do it right insanely he says don't we have one of those (laughs) like to luigi i I was so confused i was so confused because i didn't see him physically i might have glanced away but i didn't see him physically give the necklace that he had to to peach right so i was like yeah "Yeah, you do like you were making a big deal about the fact that you have still had peach's necklace but no he had already given it to her and she's like okay there's another one yeah and then he's like i and i guess that's the the joke there is he's just wishful thinking when he's like don't i have one of those back home yeah like but we didn't get it because we were like where did that come from um yeah so uh instead of mario (laughs) being the man with the the magic necklace that proves that he's her one true love the fucking dog who has been here the whole movie doggle starts to glow (laughs) and then turns into like a bright white light that forms the silhouette of a goofy lanky motherfucker blue-haired man yeah uh who is the uh, the true fiance of princess peach yes prince toadstool if you're nasty (laughs) yeah and uh mario's like oh okay i guess that's the way love goes let's leave and well he breaks down (laughs) crying first yeah yeah uh but then they decide that's it and music plays that says like i will find love someday <laughs> i will find my true love someday i know it and they march across much like the end of a lot of future mario games where there is like a little sort of parade across the places you've been they march all the way back to their pipe and go home yep and that <laughs> is that is the credits yeah and the pipes um, have the branding of the production studio on them <laughs> yes in world yeah. Yeah, well, they make the video game in the game world and the pipes. So yeah. That's how they're yeah, connected. Yeah, they make all the plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And then we get the wildest, uh, you know, a post credit scene in 1986, first of all. Like, incredible. Yeah. Um, I jokingly said, I wonder if there's a post credit scene. I started skipping, like, jumping by five seconds. Uh, and then, wouldn't you know it? <laughs> yeah. We're back in the Super Mario Bros. grocery store. And the old lady who had previously been in the movie asking for cake ingredients is now asking for pie ingredients. And when she finishes her list, I don't know if it pans up or they rise up out from behind the counter. I can't remember exactly how they reveal. But several Koopas and Bowser are just working the grocery store. Uh, and that is their life now. And they're like happy. They look all, they look entirely yeah. happy with that life. Uh, they have found their true calling. Working at Super Mario Grocery happy for them and then the old lady looks at the screen and she's like waka waka yeah. <laughs> just a game over yeah shows up on the screen and i was like what does that mean they gave Did her she a heart die? attack yeah <laughs> that's true i didn't even think about like the implication there that she fucking died in that scene turns out when uh, you die the last thing you see is a giant game over it's real yes like metaphysical joke god plays on everyone yeah <sighs> fuck um yeah so what do you think dylan good movie worth watching <laughs> i think it's fun like i think yeah. i don't know like there's just like a there's a there's a charm to it there is a early yeah. you know early video game kind of pie in the sky we can do anything like there's no because yeah even even things down to the koopas right talking about like oh each koopa looks unique and us both yeah. being like, you know, they're just going to be rubber stamped the Koopa model that they are in the games in this animated one. Cause or, or they'll have like three that they, you know, sure. vary between or whatever. Well, will, there's going to be, be a red one and there's going to be a green one. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. And it's it's I, I, I like that. I like despite the fact that some of the stuff doesn't make sense and some of it is like a, <laughs> most out, of it doesn't make sense sure, just to be but clear like it's so interesting how much of it is predicting future stuff. Yeah. Like the dog that looks like a wiggler or Mario grabbing Bowser's tail and whipping him around and throwing him into you know the, the, the horizon or you know all the other stuff that's in it and it's just like that's that's so cool that this thing either predicted that stuff or like worked off of some of miyamoto slash nintendo's ideas right to precede stuff that you would see later in the game or like the airships and and stuff like that yeah. like even, whichever even, way you cut it it's interesting that it happened here first yeah yeah um so i think it's cool from like an archival point of view and obviously like a lot of work was done into it to scan that that film uh copy to mm -hmm. make it high res so i mean like yeah and it's an hour long it's sure watching yeah. evening yeah it is not necessarily the highest quality piece of art <laughs> that you'll be able to find uh logistical storytelling you know sure uh it, it doesn't deserve a send up for that but it is a novel experience and uh it's, it's brief art, enough that it's art with heart <laughs> yeah it, it's it's brief enough that it doesn't feel like i wasted an hour it feels like oh that was interesting for an hour yeah yeah I'm that glad lasted, we watched it. It sustained as much time as it was. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it just makes me so much more curious about the newly delayed into 2023. They can keep on delaying it. <laughs> they can take their time. Yeah. Maybe it'll it, make it to better. Get it, to get it just right. Mm -hmm. um, well, is there anything else? We should... Do 
I want to bring up the product placement that's in the. You call <laughs> it product the, placement. <laughs> well, like maybe in universe product placement. I don't know. There's a point where they're doing one of their travel montages, and Mario and Luigi are walking, and like a row of floating blocks shows up, and they the only row of floating blocks in the entire movie. Yeah, and they jump up and hit one, and a bunch of coins sputter out, and then they walk to the next one, jump up and hit it, and like dozens of cans of instant ramen <laughs> yeah come out of it and they're like oh boy mario ramen and they like both grab a bowl and like start eating it and it has mario it has specifically the mario art from mario one yeah it's like kind of like circular and he's holding the mushroom printed on the side of it and i'm like what the okay and then during the Bowser fight at the end, it, that joke gets repeated, sort of. Uh, he's he's eating the... <laughs> even though he has used these power-ups in the movie at least once without eating them, the dog says he must eat them to defeat Bowser. So he starts eating like the mushroom and the fire flower. And then right before he's going to eat the star, he looks over and like <laughs> magically manifesting is a bowl of rice with a little packet next to it that has his face on it and mm. he says oh my favorite mario rice seasoning and like rips that open and pours it on the rice and while he's distracted with this the star gets knocked away where did the rice and mario seasoning come from and then like almost like in my memory and i don't know if i'm just misremembering this it like manifested it like like you know faded in from nothingness um or maybe i'm just delusional and <laughs> like I've, I've created something out of nothing there but it, it just it just shows up and that's the logic of this movie that doesn't matter it just shows up yeah um, I mean, it's funny it's just kind of like who what is this was did the writers just think hey wouldn't it be funny if there was mario product yeah. placement in yeah. in this but for pro- weird. i mean you're calling it mario product placement for the video games i guess you're saying like I mean, like, either a Mario Ramen did exist in Japan that this is, like, some weird reference to, or they're pretending in-universe there is Mario Ramen that Mario loves. Gotcha. Which, how is it? Oh, okay. So here's Mario Ramen commercial on YouTube. I'm very curious. Is it from the 80s? Was it a thing? I mean, it certainly looks like it. I mean, there was there was shit ton of products like foodstuffs around video games, right? You got Donkey Kong cereal, you got Pac Man cereal, you got the the Sonic ramen, uh, the Mario soda, all kinds of shit, man. <laughs> yeah, apparently this is just from the movie. I mean, like I'm watching the scene from the movie right now. So, <laughs> oh really? Oh, oh, but oh, they used the scene from the movie as a real commercial. See what I tell you? Wow, Dylan! Wow, you Dylan! You keep calling it a product placement. I don't know if it's I, product placement. I'm uh. genuinely shocked and impressed. Right at the like, you know, 17 seconds in, it cuts to real boxes, like of or you know, probably like like cup noodle type boxes. You know, yep. where it's like the cardboard around it. Um, real boxes of animated Mario from the game, like like the box art uh, on a ramen packet. Wow! What can I say I'm a genius. All right, you nailed it. Yeah, there yeah. was a, in fact, Mario ramen that got advertising, which means presumably there is a Mario rice seasoning as well, and I want it. <laughs> I want <laughs> you, it. Do, you do not want to eat over thirty-year-old <laughs> yeah. rice seasoning. That's not. That doesn't keep. 
You're not my dad. <laughs> I mean, do what you want, but I mean, your funeral. I don't. Uh, if you're gonna make me solo this podcast because you tried to eat, because this rancid, podcast killed me, Dylan. <laughs> this is rancid. Come back and but, haunt you for it. Yeah. Well, if you're gonna haunt me, you gotta do the podcast. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> what you think of this movie, Nick? Ooh. Oh, rattling chains. Rattling chains. All right. <laughs> All right. What's next on our podcast, Dylan? Nick, are you ready to be haunted by yet another video game movie? You know it. Okay, we're finally, finally, despite me promising it several episodes ago, we're finally going to do that Dark Stalkers movie. Finally. Dark finally. Stalkers. Dark, finally. Dark We've been stalk. waiting for so long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You lied to everyone <laughs> about when we would do it. What can I say? I'm a liar. I'm a liar. And this is attract mode. (laughs) (laughs) See you next time.